Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. It is good to be back behind the microphone. It's good to have you with us again. And if it is the first time you have found us, welcome. We hope to keep you entertained for the next hour, hour and a half-ish of everything and anything from Star Wars. If it is a returning listen, thank you very much for your friendship, for your loyalty, for listening to us over and over again. Uh, talking about the stuff that, well, well, if you're listening to us again, it's clearly something that you're interested in. But I am not alone. I am, well... You don't even know who I am. I'm your host, Alex. That is me. I am back on the mic. Uh, and I am not alone. I am with the First Lady of the Jedi Council. We have Miss Mera Ranger. Say hello, Mera. Hello, Mera. Hello. And we also have Mr. Contrary himself, Mr. Alistair Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hello, Mr. Drew. Hello. And I, you was on mute and I had a very bad feeling about that. I thought you was going to start talking and we couldn't hear you. I've got hello. a question for you. Well, go on then. Where, where, yeah, wait, is this where the did earliest... the First Lady of the Jedi Council come from? Uh, last time I checked, she was from Massachusetts, like Maine area. Why? <laughs> I just wonder why, where this name came from. <laughs> well, well, she is. That's why Mary is the First Lady of the Jedi Council. Oh, okay. All right. You know, same way that, you know, we have the First Lady of the United States. We have a Flotus. We have a, a Flojuk. <laughs> <laughs> Flodgsy. <laughs> Flodgku. 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 Something like that. Anyway, yeah. Like Russian vodka. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> all, both, both welcome upon this podcast, so it's all good. Um, so, yes, that's where the First Lady of the Jedi Council came from, uh, and that is why it is dutifully narrow. Thank you. You're, any other questions before we deviate into the topic of conversations today? Because that I think that might have been a record of deviations by any standard. <laughs> That we have to keep it short for. <laughs> I know. I know. We're looking to keep it within the hour ish uh, this week, but that that really did um, <laughs> exceed all expectations on the first deviation. I, I want to know why has the Jedi Council not been on for over a month? Because we've all been busy. Oh, okay. And that was actually going to be my first point of order. <laughs> um, we we do apologise for the lack of shows over the past few weeks. Life has taken over. I was on vacation for a bit. Uh, Ali's been mental with work. Mary, you've got various things going on in your life uh, as well. So it's it's just a case of having the availability to get uh, more than one of us um, available uh, for a little bit of a conversation. Because, I mean, I could talk about Star Wars all day long, but for you guys, you're not going to want to listen to me ramble on for an hour on my, on, my, on my Jack Jones talking about Star Wars. So it's just about finding the time uh, to get everyone behind the mic to have really good conversation about what is going on in the Star Wars universe. And we are lucky enough to have us three today uh, and hopefully have a really good conversation about all the latest and greatest news about what is going on uh, within the Star Wars universe. So our agenda today is a bit busy, uh, let's be honest. First and foremost, we are going to have a quick uh, discussion about the current voting that we have got on our Twitter feed, and I'll come back to that in just a minute. We've got a few updates from Galaxy's Edge over in Disneyland in California. Um, We're going to have a bit of a discussion as well about the Vanity Fair article that came out. It was a couple of weeks ago now, uh, but this is the first time we've been collectively together to talk about uh, everything that came out of that and some other deviations that I'm sure will come into play uh, at some point in time throughout this. But before we go into those topics, guys, how have you been? It's been a while. Ali, you've been in Germany. You've been busy for work. Yeah, been to Germany twice, I think, since we last spoke. So, yeah, enjoyed the wonderful city of Berlin. Um, really cool place for those that haven't been. Um, and yeah, just just yeah, 
doing lots and lots of things for work at the minute. But lovely, to, lovely to hear your voice again, Alex. And obviously, always a pleasure to hear from the first lady herself. Flodgesy. Likewise. <laughs> and Mera, how have you been for the past few weeks? Been all right, thanks. Uh, Twitter does know that my uh, dad mm. fall last week, so um, and he's doing much better. But yeah. We have a new rule now, no projects alone, <laughs> doing them alone. Uh, uh, too much of a heart attack for me, and uh, it's just, he did have a fractured rib, so we're, we're, going, we're going it slow and taking it careful, and Pops just is, uh, he's unstoppable, but uh, his body is, is not wanting to go as fast as his mind, so, and I know that's hard for that generation, too, so, uh, well, anybody who's worked their entire lives, but. But his fairy, he's still spunky and eating his ice cream. So uh, as long as he has that, he seems to be happy and content. <laughs> well, of course, we at the Jedi Council obviously send our best wishes to uh, Mera, your, your, your dad. Uh, hopefully he recovers pretty well. Uh, he, he sounds like he's on the men by the signs, but, which is always good to hear. Thank you. And yeah, uh, work's just been a bit mental around for me. Um, and I was on a cruise for a week, which was very nice. It was on a Disney cruise uh, going around the Mediterranean. So interestingly, not a lot of Star Wars stuff. So there seems to be quite quite a few bits and pieces normally on the start on a, on a Disney cruise ship because it's, well, it's Disney, right? Um, but this particular cruise, there didn't seem to be a lot. I don't know if they were waiting for episode nine or, or more things to, to come around, but um, yeah, not, not a lot of merch. There was like the odd T-shirt here and there and a, and a Chewbacca backpack. But that, that was kind of like it, which was a bit disappointing. Normally, I, I do pick up the odd bits and pieces that Star Wars related, but not this year, sadly. That's not tempted by the Chewbacca backpack? Um, no, no, no. It, was, it wasn't big enough. <laughs> 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 but no, no, it, was, it, it looked pretty cool. Uh, and I saw it. I did see a couple of kids walking around with it, which was really, 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 really cool and really cute. Uh, not for me. I'm I'm saving my pennies for when I go to Galaxy's Edge. Good decision. Good decision. And I will touch on what that might be in a little while. Um, but our first item on the agenda, uh, listeners, you will know uh, if you follow us on Twitter, which I hope you do. Um, we are currently running a series of polls and votes to find out what is the best Star Wars movie. So what we mean by that is literally. From each of the trilogies, we are going to be doing a set of questions that are, what is your favourite movie? So last week, uh, we did the first poll, which was of the original trilogy. And there was an overwhelming winner being The Empire Strikes Back. Now, uh, for me, it was fairly predictable. Um, I, Empire Strikes Back is, is the best movie of the trilogy, of the opening trilogy, original trilogy, even, um, in my opinion. It's not my favourite. My favourite is Return of the Jedi, which is who I voted for, not going to lie. Right. Um, but I think Empire Strikes Back is obviously one of the best films ever made, cinematically, theming, storytelling, etc. Um, so for me, it's no no surprise, guys. Ali, was it a surprise for you? Um, no, because everyone says that, but nobody mm. in the Jedi Council voted for it, did they? I did not. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, because Mira, again, you were episode four, right? Star Wars. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's obviously Dave voted for as well. I was Return of Jedi, and so were you and Andy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that, it's it's funny. I think maybe the questioning is is a bit different. So if it would have, because I think the question is, what's your favourite? Um, 
Whereas if it was, what is the best, maybe would have got a different answer. I don't know. Because I feel the same. I feel the same about the sequel trilogy. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, the original, the prequel trilogy. Uh, and I'll come to that in just a minute. But um, I think The Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film like, ever. But it isn't my favourite. It's probably not even in my top three of my favourites. Mm-hmm. You know I don't agree with you, so. Well, yes. And that's, well, that's the whole point of the poll, right? It's, yeah. It, <laughs> And I also just, I didn't actually call you out as Mr. Contrary in the introduction there, funnily enough. Um, your, 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 did I? Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. Maybe it was just, it's just, it just rolls off the tongue these days. You're contrary like, oh. in yourself. I know. I, well, contradicting myself, one of the two, anyway. Maybe I missed the contradiction. But, um, <laughs> or maybe I'm not. Who knows? Um, but I think that, that was an overwhelming winner that I think we could have all predicted. Um, and of course, this week's poll is for the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Now, again, um, Ali, you've said this before on previous podcasts, your favourite Star Wars film is Revenge of the Sith, right? Yep, there's four days left of that poll, and Revenge of the Sith is currently has 71% of the vote. I expect this one to be the biggest winner of all the polls for their, er- for their era, because it was so clearly the best of the three. Yes. In your opinion. In 71% of our respondents' <laughs> opinion. So that's what I mean. I don't think any other film's going to get 71%, which means that it's the best. In that round of voting, yes. No, just overall. Won the most. <laughs> 71% won the most. Uh, I, I like the way you're twisting uh, facts to benefit your argument here. Um, best facts, terrific facts. They, they really, really are. Um <laughs> <laughs> Meryl, who, who did you vote for in this in this round of voting? Um, for the prequels, it would be Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, yeah. It's funny, like like I said, you know, listeners, my my favorite prequel trilogy movie is the Phantom Menace because you get Darth Maul, you get the Pod Race, you get Qui Gon Jinn, but the best is Revenge of the Sith, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what? I I bought that film again today. Oh, really? What, digital? No, the DVD, because I've watched it so many times, I think I've broken the DVD. <laughs> I'm wow. not joking. I think, I've, I think, I don't know, maybe I took it out wrong or something, but but on that point, do you know how cheap it is to buy Star Wars films at CEX? No. no. So, well, so this is a UK thing. So, Alex, you know how you don't have the original trilogies like theater versions the cinematic releases yeah, yeah you can get them at cex for one pound 50 each wow really I, I yeah i got i got revenge of the sith for one pound today wow the double disc wow it's one pound 50 in cex if you go if and you can get all the original ones there with the original versions as well as the digital versions like it's incredibly cheap i couldn't believe it that's so that's that's kind of, that's blown me away a little bit. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So for all of you people in the UK who haven't got the original trilogy, original theatrical releases, go to CEX and pick up all of them for four pounds fifty. Oh. I'm. I might have to find my nearest CEX and. Uh... Ah. Okay. That's interesting. Because like, I I was thinking that on iTunes at the moment they're doing a deal for. The original, the original six. Yeah, they are in America. Well, in the UK, you can pick up all six digitally for sixty pounds. But you can't get like the big collection that they've got. Yeah, it doesn't come with 
the Disney movies, basically, uh, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. But if you do want to buy the uh, the, the, the Disney movies, I, I hate calling them, I don't know why I'm calling that, the, the sequel trilogy and the standalones, they're like £14 each or something like that, yeah. um, which is obviously in it's HD digital quality, which is great. But, you know, like you said, you might as well go and buy the Blu-ray. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, they're not Blu-rays. They're not. They're they're, they're DVDs. Well, yeah. The, I mean, but the thing is, yeah, with the with the original cinematic release that I'm looking for for the original trilogy, yeah, they're going to be on DVD, aren't they? So, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Um, uh, is he? Is that second hand? Yeah. Mm, okay. You never been to CEX? I have never been to a CEX. No. You're so middle class, Alex. <sighs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to buy on that. Um, <laughs> otherwise, our listeners would see a side of me that they might not be. They might be slightly surprised at. Uh, okay. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's the little debate we have, Mera. I'll let you in a little in joke here I th- about. I think Alex is middle class, and he doesn't. Oh, I am not middle class, um, and I won't go into the details as to why. But anyway, uh, as that is not that is not a Star Wars conversation. That is that is something very different. Yeah. Um, we could have a we could have a uh, a secondary debate around class society in the UK with Dave and Andy because I think that would be a oh, very interesting conversation. That'd be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> there would be a lot discussed. Let's put it that way. Oh, it'd go um, yeah, hours. It would indeed. Uh, probably longer than our last Jedi review that we did last year that lasted about seven and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of gone through that's a massive deviation again that's two in a row we're doing well um, thank you it's full, coming full circle back to Twitter uh, ladies and gentlemen yes we've obviously got the sequel trilogy sorry the prequel trilogy currently live uh, and expect uh, our next poll to be of the sequel tri- well, well sequel duology as it is now um, and then of course the two standalones and then obviously what we'll be doing at the end of those four rounds of voting uh, we are going to put all of the winners. So we're expecting at the moment, obviously, to be Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith. The other two, I, I, I genuinely have a feeling The Last Jedi will win yeah. the sequel trilogy. That's my, no, that's kind of the feeling that I get about it. The standalones, really not sure. Yeah. Because the standalones have got so much love in the fan community, uh, and rightly so. They're two very good movies. Whereas the sequel trilogy is a bit of a, it's a, well, I'm not going to go through the rights and wrongs and the merits of both movies, but the actual fandom itself is incredibly split across the two films. Yeah. Um, who, so for me, who would you go for? Out uh, the, the the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Oh, Force Awakens. Mera. Uh, so far, yeah, the first. Uh... The first one, Force Awakens. I think I'd still go Last Jedi. Even with all its problems. I think that's the problem for me, is that I can't can't look past the problems. Um, Yeah, I can understand why. But I think think there's just as many problems in The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Like, for different reasons, for different mm -hmm. reasons. Maybe it's it's the the nostalgia of TFA that gets me. Yeah, I I get that. And... Yeah, I enjoyed the story better in TFA as well, to be honest. Yeah, I can see why. I can Um, see why. But who knows? You know, the the fandom is what it is at the moment, and it's starting to heal a tiny bit after Celebration, which is a good thing. Um, But who knows where we're going to get to 
Rise of Skywalker might come in and just completely blow away any of the two if we did this poll this time next year. God knows. Yeah. Be interesting. But there is, the, uh, sorry, I was going to go on to another thing about that. I won't, I'll save it. No, no, while we're here, go on. Well, I was just going to say, because, you know, the more I think about that particular film, it's it, because it's got such a big job of bringing it all together somehow, which they keep saying, and they mm. keep saying the end of Skywalker, they're going to have to do something pretty spectacular, aren't they, to mm. bring everything to a close together. And I don't see how they do it without completely changing some of the things which we understand Star Wars to have been in the past. Yeah. And so, like, like when I said before, you know, I didn't like the idea of the Emperor coming back because it meant that, the, you know, that it, it took away from me some of the, the meaning of Return of the Jedi. Um, it, it's more than that, actually, isn't it? If, if they are going to attempt to end the Skywalker thing... They're going to have to come up with some pretty innovative solutions as to what happened in the past and re-explain it. Yeah, it's it's going to... I mean, arguably, this is the most important Star Wars film ever made to a certain extent. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because it will... I don't want to say it's either going to make or break it because Star Wars, <laughs> it's been made for 40 years. But... I think this this film will actually make or break the way people look back at this nine story arc. Yeah, agree. Um, and with that being incredibly cynical, which I'm about to sound, because George Lucas was the man who had the idea for the original trilogy and writ, wrote even, um, directed, produced, <laughs> and created the prequel trilogy. There was, for the most part, that consistent storytelling throughout mm. yet we've now got to a point where the force awakens again this this is me going all hatey on the last year i don't mean to the force awakens is very much in line with the original six i mm. feel that's my opinion you know listeners if you don't agree you know hit me up on twitter it's all good no i agree but, that's what i think the problem with it is but then you've got this standalone movie of the last jedi and I'm going to call it a standalone for now because it doesn't fit <laughs> at yeah, all. I do, I do know what you mean. <clears throat> and and I'm sorry if this sounds hatey on The Last Jedi. And I, I don't mean for it to be because it's Star Wars and I love it. But I don't. But anyway, um, it's, it's, it's going to have to do something so mind-blowingly good to bring it all together. Yeah. And, I mean, JJ is well positioned to do that after what he did with the force awakens to bring it all back i get it there is that hesitancy though of he likes doing that <sighs> that's what i mean it's like depending on how this goes will then depend on everything else that comes after it yeah and i don't want this film to literally be the last star wars movie because we know we're getting the mandalorian we know we're getting the tv show of cassian andor Yep. We, you know, we're getting animated shows. Yep. We know we're getting small screen Star Wars. But yep. is is what going to happen become the end of big screen Star Wars? And I really hope that doesn't happen. I hope not. I mean, we know there's definitely another film afterwards. but Well, well we know that there's three more, which is a good thing. Yeah. However, because there's that gap between the Rise of Skywalker drop-in and when they start making this new film, which is going to be at some point next year, 
there's if there's a good few months gap, depending on the reaction to, of, of the rise of Skywalker, Disney can still turn around and pull this new trilogy. Yeah. If things go that bad, or the fans react the way they did to The Last Jedi for the most part, Disney will turn around and go, this ain't worth it. We've no, got... Right. We've got wicked TV shows on the way. <clears throat> we have a theme park that is kicking Universal down the street in the way that it's handling launches. And I'll touch on that when we get to the Galaxy's Ed section in a minute. But might Disney will work. Say that again. Might disagree on that, but go on. Did you see the mess that's gone on with Hagrid in Florida? Have you seen the mess of trying to get into the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? What were the wristbands? Have you seen all the pictures of like the crushes of people where they can't get in? Where it's been loads of people are complaining about it. It's funny because I've, I've seen it's the all over here Twitter. I've seen the com- complete converse of that. It's out there. You should Google it. A lot of people moaning <laughs> about it. <laughs> Sounds like an episode of the X Files. It's out there. Yeah, um, well, because they're all coming through like three different areas, so they all get stuck mm. in a bit for until the four hours for people. Anyway, sorry, we're, we're digressing. We'll, we'll get to that bit in a minute. Yeah, sorry. But, you know, we episode nine has to be this big, amazing showpiece, and there's another way to to, to kind of to, to to think about it. And if it isn't, then what? No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I, it's exciting and scary at the same time. I think I think it looks like they're trying to do far too much with this. Well, if if the rumours are right that it is a is a, it's an end game esque length of movie, i.e. three hours, that's a lot of stuff to put in there. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. If it's done well, I will sit and happily watch it again and again and again. Of course. You know, I've only seen Endgame twice, which when you compare to when that came out to Infinity War. I saw Infinity War about five times within the first two weeks of it coming out because it's great. Whereas Endgame, uh, maybe not. Yeah, but that's yeah, but, <clears throat> but that's, that's again that's a whole different podcast. But yeah. um, if we get something that is peak Star Wars for three hours and it ties it up in a bow, wonderful. If there's too many unanswered questions at the end of it, who knows what's going to happen after that? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what? Sorry, Mary. I realise you haven't spoken. Do you want to say anything before I go into another point? Oh no, I mean, not really. I I see it. It's definitely got to wrap up well. I see The Force Awakens as kind of a reacquainting. Yeah. Um, always seen it that way and accepted it for what it was as it was that way. Yeah. But I I feel like the the storytelling is a little disjointed, and I I I need it. I would like it. To wrap up nicely and dramatically and satisfyingly. Yeah, I, I realise I have an, I have a slightly different new problem with this trilogy, the, the sequel one, which is which is to do with storytelling, and it, and it's to do with this. It's it's the fact that you know how when you watch the original trilogy, there's quite a lot of mystery about it. You don't know what the force is, and you sort of have to fill in all the gaps for yourself. But it's never overtly asked at you, like, what is the force? What is this? What does this mean? And in, and in the and in the prequels, in this trilogy, it literally pushes you to ask questions like, who is Ray's parents? What is Snoke? Who is Snoke? There's there's a complete there isn't much mystery in the current sequels, like there was in the previous ones. And where there is mystery, it's very force fed deliberately. 
Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realised this until I started. I've, I've, this is not an original thought. Other people have, have come up with this. And I hadn't realised quite how much the current sequel, the, the big talking points are all plot points which are really smack bang in your face. There's not much subtlety in it or chance to dream and think bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's a real it's a real failure in the, in the current storytelling of, of these things. So it's not just that the plots are as you say, Alex, almost standalone at various points, because mm. they are, there's also a forced nature to it. You know, like, here is the forced laugh. You, you and Dave have mentioned that before. Yeah. And when you think about the mystery, here is the forced mystery. It's, it's interesting, because when... Yeah. Go on, Mira. That's probably it for me, Ali. I'm glad you said that, because I've been trying to uh, make the what is off to me if that makes sense and i think that what you just said is what i feel yeah i i hadn't really thought of it from that perspective until until i i think i saw it on a blog somewhere a, a couple of weeks ago but it, it just really struck me straight away as being that's exactly one of the problems you know like a good book is where you don't quite know what's going to happen next because right. there's lots of untangled bits and you're kind of thinking around it Whereas with this, all the bits which are left to chance, you're deliberately being taken there. And quite often, and I think this was also a problem, by the way, of of the recent Game of Thrones, is that there were so many bits to untangle. And the way that they did it was either lazy or Mm. just ridiculous. And and I do notice some quite quite definite points of comparison between the last series of Game of Thrones and what's happening in this in this sequel trilogy in terms of the storytelling and narrative of the latter part being right in your face rather than oh this could mean that this could mean that it takes away the discussion and the mystique of the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah it, yeah it's, it's funny you say that because I remember when obviously I was too young initially when <clears throat> when the original trilogy came out but kind of hearing stories of, of what it was like kind of back in the day nobody was really forcing you to think who is the emperor you just accepted he was the emperor that that's all you knew that's kind of it yeah whereas same with yoda when yoda turned up in empire strikes back you're introduced to this amazing jedi guru and everyone was like oh my god it's oh my god it's yoda it's brilliant you know there was no question of oh why is he 900 years old who is he what does he do etc etc there was none of that whatsoever um from from what i from what I hear and, and understand. Yet you've now got, to your point, this push of making you want to know, it's as if <clears throat> they couldn't really think of a plot device, so they've just left it unanswered. You know, when when we heard about Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace, I, the first thing that didn't raise mind was, was, who is he? Where has he come from? Why is he here? Where, how does he know the Force? My question was, oh my God, is this guy going to kill a Jedi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. there was the acceptance of the mystery. There was the acceptance of being this this amazing guy who seems to be able to just kill Jedi for fun. Yeah, um, yeah. But for, but when they for, have done it as well, sorry, Alex, they've done it in a in a way which makes you think that doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. the example will always be Luke and Kylo. Why would he want to kill? His, his nephew, nephew, who is his son's, sorry, his best friend's son and his sister's 
son. Son, yeah. And how did he see something so bad in him that he hadn't seen in his dad or the emperor? Exactly. That meant that he wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill him. I mean, that's just, you know, that if if you're going to make people ask questions, don't go for that one. Yeah. I think he recognized what he did see in his father and the emperor, honestly. Sorry. But then taking something into his own hands because of his fear and letting fear. The problem is, Mary, is, is that people are now speculating yeah. It's the Emperor's bag. Yeah. Is it the Emperor that he saw in Kylo Ren? Ah, it could be. Because, you know, back in the comics, the mm. Emperor's spirit went around into different people. Yeah. Did he end up in Kylo Ren? Is that the big dark? For me, no. I oh, Don't discount oh. anything right now, Alex. Well, yeah, the moment you start discounting something happening, it's going to happen, right? So... I, for me, it has to be a Sith holocron or something like that, a a projection of the Emperor rather than the Emperor himself, because he he fell down a shaft on a planet, sorry, on a on a space station that then blew up. Yeah, <clears throat> it's not like it was Darth Maul. Now Darth Maul surviving is a stretch, and the way that it was done in in um, Clone Wars, oh, I get it because it was very similar to the to the way it was done in the comics before they were done by, I think it was done by Dark Horse, who did this particular run, where his anger kept him alive, etc., etc. With Palpatine, he went down a shaft and it exploded. Mm-hmm. Now, unless he went out of a chute out on the side, which again, he would have died because he's in space, or he perhaps landed on a spaceship, got in a spaceship and flew away before the Death Star 2 blew up, <laughs> no, it just, so ridiculous. Exactly, Mary. Exactly, it just doesn't make any sense now. But Alex, which is, but but the problem is, is right. You're looking at it from a generational perspective, right? They brought Ian McDermott out at celebration. Anything less than the Emperor appearing in more form than a holocron will be a huge disappointment to millions and millions of younger people. Maybe. Well, yes. You know, and it will cause huge problems with why did you make this big deal about him if you weren't going to have a more substantial part? A bit like, you know, with what's happened with Luke not having a substantial part in the films. Yeah, but then they brought Luke out for celebration when they announced The Force yeah. Awakens. And look how happy people have been with that. Well, that's because of what happened in The Last Jedi more than... Well, or is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm being a bit cynical. I don't Do know. Do you see I'm what I mean? Cynical, but... Like, yeah. I mean, you can't see them doing that twice. Yeah. Maybe uh, they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But it's just, it would just be really odd after what they did at Celebration if it turned into just being a holocron. Yeah. Yeah. They'll I don't have to know. bring back every fourth ghost. I mean, Anakin's going to have to come back. Yeah. Well, there, well, there's rumours that he's going to be in the next movie, isn't there? So. You know what? It's, if, if Palpatine's back, Anakin's back. That's my theory. I'm going out on the limb and committing. But but a lot of people, that is an actual rumour, Mera, that people are mm. saying that that's happened on filming. Yeah, apparently um, oh, Hayden Christensen has turned up to do some filming. But they said that about that episode eight as well. They said that he was going to be in that as well, and he, and he wasn't. Uh-huh. But he was I mean, actually booked, wasn't he? It was full. Yeah, yeah, it was done. Yeah, yeah. for it. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, we've probably gone far too long on this. 
<laughs> but it raises question upon question. I mean, you dissect one part of it, then there's another question that comes up, and then there's another because it just seems so out there. That's exactly it, Mira. That's exactly, and that's the thing with Star Wars, right? It prompts conversation. Yeah. It prompts three people to get on a Skype call to talk yeah. about it for hours on end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it does. Um, but that's a good thing. We love it. Regardless, we love Star Wars. That's exactly it, Mira. That's exactly it. Um, but to kind of wrap up our segment on on the voting, um, to your point, Ellie. Yes, we have a couple of days left on the current poll. Um, we will then be doing the sequel duology as it is now um, and then we're going to be doing the standalones and then obviously we're going to do that final vote at the end in a couple of weeks time so stay tuned get your votes in it'd be interesting to see how this all pans out um, I'm predicting a win for Empire Strikes Back all in all no but that's just me um, be the last Jedi oh god I really hope not <clears throat> anyway uh, <laughs> that's enough about my feelings on that um so then the other item is cast a question that's relevant at this point before we before we jump into galaxy's edge yes go for Has, it have you been watching the mark hamill william shatner twitter conversation i have not have you been watching this mirror no, I haven't been on for a while. Because it, it is a Star Wars podcast. People have to look at this. I don't. So what's happened is, is as you know, I have a foot in both the Star Trek and Star Wars camps. Um, the, the Star Trek insignia has appeared on Mars. Ah. I found a picture of it. And, and it, it's a brilliant, like, conversation and quite a lot of... It's quite well-humoured at the minute between Shatner and Mark Hamill about <laughs> Star Wars versus Trek and about this thing appearing. So if anyone hasn't looked at it, I suggest you do. That was all I wanted to say because you haven't seen it. Sorry. Interesting. No, no. What's the uh, what's the gist of the argument then? Well, obviously, if, if Star Trek appears in Mars, it's obviously better than Star Wars. Ah, <laughs> right, okay. You know, yeah. even even the aliens love Star Trek, so obviously they put it on Mars. <laughs> I love it. So it's a great, it's a great, it's a great because they're obviously actually quite good friends. Yeah. So it's it's quite a good backwards and forwards between them. So it's it's worth checking out. Oh, that's too fun! Brilliant. Oh. No, no. My version number three from Clark. Apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so the second, second, is, uh, I've lost track of what item it is on the agenda. But the next item on the agenda um, is to have a quick chat about Galaxy's Edge. So we did touch on this earlier on in the podcast and started to go into the rabbit hole, but we've pulled ourselves back from the rabbit hole. Um, however, I feel we will get back into the rabbit hole as we get into this conversation. So May 31st, Galaxy's Edge opened in Disneyland, in the Disneyland Park in California to much pomp and circumstance. You know, Bob Iger was there, the CEO of Disney. Um, and for the opening of it, he brought along some of his friends who were... George Lucas, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Billy D. Williams. Um, and it seemed like there was a lot going on on that particular day. And it has been open over the past couple of weeks. Um, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I personally wanted to avoid as much as I could about Galaxy's Edge because I'm going to be fortunate enough to go to California in August to see it firsthand and experience the park itself, followed by a trip to Disney World in November with Ali. Uh, and I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Um, but what I've seen so far has been absolutely super impressive. 
um, the theming from some of the vlogs that I've seen and, and the reactions to some of the stuff that's gone on seem to be incredibly positive uh, about the way Disney have handled and created this Star Wars land uh, as it's kind of known by some people, even though that's incorrect, it is, you know, a black spire outpost on the planet of Batuu. Um, and I think what Disney have now is they've seen the way Universal have taken Harry Potter um, world in Universal and kind of said, we need to basically get on par with what they have done. Um, theming in Disney parks has always been spot on. Let's not get that twisted. But ultimately, Universal took the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and just upped it to like a, a whole new level of immersion, of feeling that you are in that particular land and nowhere else. You know, you're in Hogsmeade, you know, you're in Gringotts. It's, it's absolutely brilliant the way that they've done it. And what Disney have done, they've taken that and said, you know what, let's do this for Star Wars. And everything that I've seen so far has been absolutely breathtaking. The theming, the immersion, the fact that once you go into Black Spire Outpost, you, you can't actually hear anything else of Disneyland, apparently. Um, which for me is brilliant because it really does bring you to that immersive level of enjoying a theme park and enjoying the thing that you love, which is Star Wars. Um, Mera, have you seen any of the kind of reactions to Galaxy's Edge over the past few weeks at all? Yes, yes. Not as many as I'd like to, but yes, everybody seems to love it. It's just such an experience that makes me kind of jealous, so I'm not watching too many of it, too much of it to <laughs> make me cry. This is going to be a while for me to get down. But um, yeah, I've seen, everybody seems to really... I don't know. I want to drive the Millennium Falcon, or I just the whole experience just seems fun from what I've seen. Because so. I wanted to get your take on there's there's two things in the as soon as I saw these on the vlogs, I just thought of you straight away. The first one is there's there's something that was called the, the Droid Factory where you can build your own you can build your own Droid, um, whether that be a R5 unit, whether that be a BB8 unit, or you can build your own R2 unit. Now, it's, I think it's about 12 inches big, so it's not super long, but you then have an app on your phone and you can kind of move it around and this, that and the other. But you can personalize it. It doesn't have to be the standard R2, which is the silver, the blue and the white. You can make it whatever color that you want for the most part. Um, and as soon as I saw that, I thought there's one person in particular that is absolutely going to love that. Um, and I'm going to ask a very silly question. You'd probably want to go and build yourself a droid, right? Yes. <laughs> and then the important question is, would you continue with the R2 theming or would you give it your own twist? Um, oh, gosh. I don't know. I, I don't think I could have the heart to mess with perfection. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> because you can then also buy a chip which you can put into the droid to give it a personality. Oh, yeah. But why would I mess with that? <laughs> <laughs> so you would pretty much go with the standard r2d2 blue white silver with the personality that comes with it because he's your guy right yeah yeah i mean this this little droid uh, and i have gone through a lot because <laughs> the other thing that i saw and the interesting part of this is that the most expensive thing that you can buy in galaxy's edge is a real life working r2d2 and it's now this is kind of uh, apparently it's movie quality it was built 
purposely for Galaxy's Edge, and they're a limited. It's a limited edition, but it's twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> and while that I'm sure sounds brilliant to have that, that's a lot of money. Um, and I don't know how many people are going to have bought any of these. Um, if they are, I'd like to meet them and say, could you lend me a fiver? Um, but throwing down 25 grand on a lifestyle RTD2 sounds like fun, but that's a bit of a stretch, wouldn't you think, Mera? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll even pay for that much for a car. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you can make R2-D2 into a car. Well, no. he, can fly, he can fly in the prequel trilogy, so who knows what he can do in this one? Right, right. I mean, hey, if they had an R2-D2 car, I would get it in a heartbeat. Not that yeah. they look like him, but, you know, close, as close as can be. I certainly will. I'm not even joking about that. <laughs> Ali, have you seen anything over the past couple of weeks about Galaxy's Edge? It's kind of, you know, we're, we're going to be heading over to Florida in, in November. Is there anything that you've seen that you kind of really want to see, do, experience that you might have seen from anything or what you've read? No, I, I just want to. I just I want to see it all, but you know I'm not sure you can yeah. do it all in four hours. If I'm honest with you, I mean you hear things about like the cantinas and the way that food's prepared. Oh. Um, obviously now Coca-Cola is now Star Wars canon, as everyone knows, mm. because Batu is canon, and therefore Coca-Cola is available there. Therefore and Sprite. And Sprite. Now canon. Yep, that's yeah. right. Oh, Coca-Cola in a galaxy far, far away. Um, that's cool. Um, no, I'm I'm really I'm looking forward to everything about it. I think I think you're right. I think it is completely different to to Harry Potter Land, which I absolutely adore. Been to mm. the last two years because um, you're still in the real world when you're in that Harry Potter place. Here, it's the immersive role play of the of the cast members. The apparently the smells is is mm. unbelievable there. Um, so I'm. Do you know, it's one of those things where I'm really keen to look at it, but I don't really want to at the same time. Because, well, because, I, I mean, like, before I see it. Oh, okay. Life, you know, I'm really keen to look at it, but I don't want to. Because, you know, I want to experience the rides for the first time yeah. without knowing much about it. You know, I know a bit about the queuing system and stuff. And and that's, like, um, sounds amazing. And I've listened to podcasts about it. But I think, I mean, it, it all just... It all it all just sounds really really brilliant and, and and magical and escapism at its finest for four hours. So I'm really really looking forward to it. And in, in a way, the the fact that there's rides is just the icing on the cake. Like the rest of it just sounds so good. I mean, I'm sure you're going to buy a lightsaber, Alex, probably both times. Um, but like, <laughs> but like, I'm I'm quite keen myself. It will be the only thing I've said it. I've always said it. It will be the mm. only thing I would ever collect would be a proper lightsaber. Yes. Yeah. So I, you know, it's it's expensive. I think it's two hundred dollars, which is not cheap. Mm. Um, but if 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 my girlfriend allows it, I think I'd buy one. So it's it's funny. Um, you kind of mentioned the whole four hour thing. Um, which is a really interesting concept of what they've done. So for those of you that don't know, between opening day, which is the 31st of May through to the end of June, Disneyland and California have got this four-hour window that you have to go to the launch bay, you check in, you get given a wristband, and on the wristband is a four-hour time frame that you are allowed into Galaxy's Edge. Wow. Which, from what I've seen, once you're in Batu, 
it it, it kind of allows the flow of, of people to be a bit easier. The queue for the cantina, on the other hand, is interesting because it's the first place in Disneyland in California where you can buy alcohol on property in the Disneyland park, which is first of its kind. So that's quite a big deal. And you can buy like um, blue milk, green milk. You can buy um, a Rancor beer flight, which is basically four different beers in Rancor teeth. That oh. are like, yeah, uh, I it's 75 bucks <laughs> for this collectible plate with these rancor teeth beer mugs and stuff and apparently the beer's really nice as well you know there's all these level of details that you can kind of go into but you do only have four hours so the good thing about the four hours is that it limits a the amount of people that are in there and b the amount of time so if you want to go and do the the current ride that's open which is smugglers run on the millennium falcon the queue time for the ride is is not very long um because people are making the most of their four hours by going in going to the cantina, going to the stores, building a lightsaber, building a droid. You know, they've got all these other experiences which take up the four hours. What, for me, is going to be interesting is what they do after June. So from, I think it's like from the 1st of July, in Disneyland, California, the wristbands are going. The time frame is being gone as well. That is when it will be a true test of how crazy Galaxy's Edge is going to get, in my opinion, anyway. Now, what they've also announced, or what they haven't announced yet, is if they're going to do that in Florida. So Florida opens at the end of August. Um, and again, there's been no announcement if it's going to be four hours, if it's going to be a wristband. But seeing the way that it's worked with California, I think Disney World in, in Florida would be stupid to ignore it because it's a great way to have a month-long soft opening, for want of a better word. Mm. Um, will they do this? forever going forward who knows um but i think as an opening i think it's definitely worth it so when ali when we go in november i don't think that four hour piece is going to be there if it is it might make it a bit easier but all in all i have a feeling that, that four hour window might be gone so therefore we could potentially get a lot longer um and what they're also doing in the cantina you are only allowed two drinks because they want you to get in have your drinks and then leave experience the cantina and then go which again is quite interesting because you're getting these people in now they've only got four hours anyway so technically speaking they can't stay there too long um but they want them to get in to experience the cantina but then to go out and experience the rest of the galaxy's edge which for me i think is brilliant because it really does give that flexibility to go everywhere that you can within that limit um of four hours so will i build a lightsaber Probably. Um, but I don't know if that will be in Florida or California. It depends. But you can also buy kyber crystals to change the color of the light of the blade. Oh, my goodness. That's great. You can do everything, can't you? There's like, yeah. It's, it's like there's so many combinations of like things that you've never seen before. So that's why I can see myself getting one. Um, but 200 bucks. I mean, the thing is, Alex, I understand what you're saying. But like to, to what Dave's points and I think other people's points would be, it's so much money to get into it. And then when you're in there, it's expensive as well. To only have four hours, yeah. it's not that long. And the problem is, is that if, if you're right and it does go to the other system, it will be so rammed, you won't see anything anyway. So there's really, Disney can't win. <laughs> they can't win. <laughs> well, if they're getting people to turn up and they're making it capacity, they've won. 
Well, I know, but you'll get people moaning either way. I mean, oh yeah, that's what I mean. And the only, and I do think it's a fair criticism of Galaxy's Edge about the the timeline of where it's set. So, like, you will not see a Jedi there, for example, Mm. and you won't. Which you know, I think to most people, Star Wars is about Jedi's. Mm-hmm. It just is, and you won't see them. And I understand why, because it has to be set in the Disney era, or it doesn't make much sense. Because you'd have to p- ignore the fact that these things have happened. But I can understand why people who are going there and are like, "So where's any mention of the original?" Because it's not really there. Mm. You have to go and hide, look for it, and it's it's like t- small references. So I don't know if you if you've heard like people saying it's brilliant, but it's a real shame that. But you never know. In two years' time, they'll probably be like Harry Potter and they'll build out another world which will have that in it. That would be my suspicion. Hmm. But I think, I think we have to mention that because a lot of people have said that the original trilogy is, is missing in all this. Yeah. I mean, the thing for me that stands out for that criticism, and, and I get it, you know, for the, for the fans of us that have been around for 30, 40 years of Star Wars, you know, I'd love to go somewhere and meet Luke Skywalker. I'd love to go somewhere and see, you know, Darth Vader uh, and this, that and the other. But ultimately, maybe Disney have played it too safe. You know, they have built a land on a world that is created by them in one of their books in the Thrawn Alliance book. And I think they've played it safe because fans won't go in there with a preconception of what to expect either. So you can imagine if they'd have done Tatooine, Endor, or or even Coruscant or something like that. You're going to get the hardcore fans that are walking around again. That shouldn't be there. That should be somewhere else. Oh no, that doesn't fit into this particular this this particular planet because it's not a life species that comes in from this particular book. And so what Disney have done is they've gone to prevent that. Let's put it into a world where the music movies have never been, the TV shows have never been. Only one book has been there, and then the comic book series on the back of it once they knew what it was going to look like. So <laughs> I think Disney have played it safe, but I think they've played they've played a bit of a blinder because they can technically have artistic license with their own con- country, with their own planet. And I kind of get it, but I do understand why people might want to see the original trilogy stuff, or even the prequel trilogy stuff as well. You know, yeah, everybody. I- I get what you're saying, and, and I do think you know you have to prefix that with that. You are the biggest fan of Disney in the world. But I think for most people, and, and like I don't disagree, I actually think it's it's quite a brave decision to create something completely new and, and go in that direction. But I think for most people, when you're going to the Ogre Cantina rather than mm-hmm. the Mos Eisley Cantina, I think I know where people would rather have gone to. Yeah, I know where I'd rather go to. So, you know, I'm I'm not I'm just I'm just putting out the views mm. that are out there, you know. Personally, as I say, like I I think I think I think it's the correct decision because, you know, Dave would agree with this. I think the whole series should have gone in that direction yeah. of of like that. So, I'm not I'm not nitpicking. I'm just saying, you know, there is there is a view out there that some of it is a little bit just you, you didn't have to move too far away from this to make it the the, the dreams of people really come true more even more yeah and i think what what's interesting is that even when you look at the ride the the smugglers run with the millennium falcon um 
because of the era that it's sit and obviously where there's no Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's Chewie and it's Hondo. Now, if you're a fan of Rebels, Resistance, not Resistance, if you're a fan of Rebels and Clone Wars, you'll know who he is. Yep. But if you're, dare I say it, an Andy of the Star Wars universe who doesn't really watch the TV shows, he's going to go in and thinking, who's this random alien? Mm-hmm. Right. And why isn't it Han Solo doing the talking? Why isn't it him showing me how to pilot the Falcon? Right. Why does, you know? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I really do. And because I know who Hondo is, I'm like, oh, right, there's a loose connection. And, you know, at this point in time, when this, this town, uh, Black Spire Outpost is, is set, Han Solo's dead. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but <laughs> at the same token, I would rather him pi- show me how to pilot the Falcon. It, or even Lando. I mean, Lando's still alive. So why Alex, isn't it him? Well, sorry, you just touched on something I hadn't really thought of before. So, so in terms of timing, yeah, Black Spire Outpost is this. This is set during the First Order, right? Yeah, yeah. Kylo Ren's walking around. The but it has troop. to be after the current series because otherwise, how has Ray and Lando not got the Falcon? Mm-hmm. So you. So are we saying in the next film we're going to see? Hondo get the Falcon to make that make sense? No, no. Well, see, this is it. They're, they're saying that it's set around the time of The Last Jedi. Hmm. The Last Jedi? Yeah. But it can't be. The First Order wasn't there. The First Order... Well, no, well, see, that's it. It's a little bit loose God, in that respect. That's what I mean. It has to be set around the current films, so or it makes no sense whatsoever. And yet... Where are the people? Sorry, I'm really nitpicking. I'm just, sorry. I'm doing. It's set after the Last Jedi. Why would the First Order not be there? Because they're not invented yet. Oh, sorry, the Last Jedi. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I see what you mean. So it's set after the Last Jedi, but then yeah, where where, where are are they going to kill off Ray, Lando, everyone? Is that why they're not there? Well, no, we don't know are they why. Giving away the film? So- this well, it has to the, up in his hand somehow. It's part of the ride story as to why Hondo's got the Falcon, and we don't know what it is, but it's part of the ride. Right. So well, I'm, I'm going I'm, into the future. Well, <laughs> who knows? Otherwise, I, I, until, no until we've done the ride, we're not going to know, right? Otherwise, it makes no sense. Well, Chewie's well, Chewy's there. Okay. So Chewie has Chewie has the Falcon with Hondo. And that's all we know because we've not done the ride. Mary, you uh, see what I mean, though, don't you? I do. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm so confused. <laughs> I'm just thinking it's not just confusing for Mandy anymore. It's confusing for me. And yeah. I wasn't confused until that minute. Yeah. What? 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 What's confusing about the fact that it's uh, after The Last Jedi and Chewie's got the Falcon? I'm just not sure why they had to exclude exactly. uh, the uh, original and prequels. Exactly, unless unless the unless Ray and uh-huh. Lando aren't alive. Yeah. Well, if it's set after the Last Jedi, it's probably going to be set before the Rise of the Skywalker, because Kylo Ren is the supreme leader of the First Order sure. in Batu. Sure. <clears throat> so it has to be like straight away after the Last Jedi, probably. That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. I'll let you know when I've been in August. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, mean, I could just Google it now and probably find out, but I'm still quite possibly, yeah. But Mary, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right, Mary. You know, there's there is a call for 
the prequel original trilogy and I get why Disney have done it like I said but it would have been nice to have certain nods even more so than what they what there is now you know yeah I mean it looks fun and it looks wonderful and I'm sure the experience is incredible but yeah I don't think it it needs to be excluded but Anyway, here we go. We've got what we've got. We'll enjoy it, right? You've still got Star Tours. Yeah, that's right. See, see, this is the thing, right? You've still got Star Tours. You've still got the Jedi Academy that occur outside of Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So there is, and obviously there's a show where Darth Vader's there. So there's obviously still going to be reference to the original trilogy. Um, but... And see, I've never been to Disney. Oh! <laughs> so it'd be great it's all new to me Star Tours is one of my favourite rides but yeah. anyway that it is <laughs> brilliant because um, there was there was, there was rumours that well rumours there was worries that people were worried about the fact that Star Tours was going to close because it's not actually going to be in uh, Galaxy's Edge etc because um, the other thing don't forget is that the other ride isn't open in Galaxy's Edge yeah yeah, that's going to change things quite a lot. Yeah, so there's there, currently at the moment we have um, Smugglers Run, the Millennium Falcon ride. And what's on the way, which hasn't been announced as to when, is Rise of the Resistance. So this yeah. is the ride that is so immersive it takes 28 minutes from start to finish to do the ride, apparently. Yeah. So this isn't something that um, is planned yet, but Disney have said it will be by the end of the year yeah in both parks so it's going to be interesting as to when um when you think when we go out there's the middle of november um i'm not sure rise of the resistance will be open by then in my mind anyway um but who knows i'm, I'm hoping it is um but we'll have to wait and see mm. i think mm. So, as that's actually a pretty good segue because obviously the Galaxy's Edge is set after the, the Last Jedi, and what do we know is coming after the Last Jedi? Rise of the Sky, Rise of the Skywalkers. No, it's not. It's Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um, and as we touched on in the uh, original agenda, there is an absolutely amazing article in Vanity Fair that came out a couple of weeks back, um, which was a combination of like. Star Wars' history uh, and how they started to produce it and stuff. But alongside of that were some epic pictures um, from the set of The Rise of Skywalker. Before we touch on the pictures, there's something that I've read in the article that stood out for me quite a bit. Um, and, and, and off air, guys, this is something that I alluded to that I wanted to say to you guys. Now, in the Vanity Fair article, it says The Rise of Skywalker is set one year after The Last Jedi. Yeah. I didn't know that until I read this article. Now, when we think the gap between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi was literally instant, there was no gap. Yeah. Yet, they've they've said it's now a standard year between The Last Jedi and Rise of the Skywalker. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit worried now That's after reading that yeah it happened a year in a couple of months that, that's it i mean 
what is going to happen in a year to have been drastically different to how we left it in The Last Jedi? Mm. There's, there's talk about Poe becoming a slightly more prominent leader uh, in this particular movie because the resistance is growing. And I'm like, it's a year. Yeah. <laughs> now, when we think of the original trilogy, the gap between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back was four years. And then the gap between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi was, I think that was a year, something like that. And not much changed <laughs> when you think about it between the end of Empire Strikes Back and the start of Return of the Jedi. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit worried. Guys, I mean, Meryl, what do you think? Do you think that's a bit of a too short a time frame? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen at least two years, maybe three. I mean, how big is the resistance going to be? How, you know, I mean, that's a lot to recover. I mean, they were a ragtag bunch in the end of the Last Jedi. I mean, I, I don't know. How much time do you need to re-whatever? Are they going to win by their wits? Or, I don't know. I I, I would have liked to seen a longer. When I hear you know, one year, I'm like, gosh, that's not enough to, you know, restock your food for everybody. You know? <laughs> I could be wrong, but... I mean, that's it. When you think, at the end of The Last Jedi, Leia put the call out for all of the friends to come and help, and nobody turned up. A year later, something has clearly happened. We know Lando's on the scene again. You know, where was he a year ago? And I'm I'm, I'm picking holes into the plot here a little bit, which which is fine, but... How, how how big is things? You know, when we saw them get on the Falcon at the end of um, The Last Jedi, there was, what, 10 people who made up the Resistance? Yeah. Is it going to be such a size now? I mean, there's there's these rumours of, of Rey kind of, like, leading a, a Jedi Academy. I mean, like, it's a year. What's she going to do within a year? Yeah. You know. Well, um, but you're, yeah, missing, you're missing out on something quite big that's happened since The Last Jedi, though, aren't you? Which is the TV show Resistance where we now know that they've, there's a like huge base out there, and we know that there's pirates who are anti-First Order, and there's, yeah. a lot of, and there's a lot of groupings, which is why I think Resistance was going towards towards the end of it, that the, that the, that the Resistance might be a group or a coalition of people who are not necessarily best friends, but their enemy is the same. So an enemy of an enemy is my friend type thing. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And so and so we we have to bear in mind that um, at the end of the last Jedi, resistance hadn't happened, and now you've got Kaz out there, and you've got all kinds of of things happening. Yeah. So you never know how maybe with the fall of the of the New Republic, maybe people have gathered together. Mm-hmm. But it's just because the New Republic fails doesn't mean that the starships from that era fell. Maybe they all fall under the leadership of this. Now they're all fighting together because it seemed to be there was enough places and people who weren't happy with it. Uh, and, so, and, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. And the fact that, and the fact that, obviously, the first order in Resistance timeline seems to have been mining and abusing people, as we've seen in the Last Jedi. But it, but it's coming up from a relative position of in the dark to being the dominant of the Force within a very short time period 
And so people haven't had an opportunity to organise themselves, but perhaps in a year they do. Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting thought, actually, kind of coming from it that in resistance, yeah, we do have a bunch of people who are anti the first order, for want of a better word. Um, and that, that, yeah, I mean, that could effectively become a global resistance or universal <laughs> wide resistance, as it were, rather than just one single bunch like we're used to from a, you know, like a galaxy's dead resistance there you go maybe that's why hondo's involved who knows um going back to the galaxy's dead question but i think yeah that's that's interesting i haven't really thought about it that way me neither until you mentioned it (laughs) well you never know i mean a year for me i yeah i echo your kind of sentiment there mera and a year for me is way too short um i would have liked it to have been even four years, when you look at the end of A New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, you know, it's, I mean, it's 10 years from, actually, no, it's four years from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. You know, that that seems to be a theme, uh, like a, dist- a time frame that Star Wars is kind of used to. Um, now we're obviously going from instantly to the next film to then a year down the line. I don't know. Um Concerned is probably the wrong word because it's in JJ's hands and I'm very confident of what he's going to do. But how much more of a progressive part of the story is it going to be from a year's perspective? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be stuck back in the day. I mean, I love new stuff too. I just, mm. I don't know. Unless all these other factions that Ali mentions or something similar to that, uh, just to make it make sense for me, um, it's not impossible. I mean, people have regrouped and built things pretty quickly in the year's time. So, I mean, I don't want to be a naysayer, but I would have liked a little bit more time. But then that's just kind of, who knows? Mm-hmm. I, this is still a wait and see kind of thing, to be honest. So, <laughs> like, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, <laughs> just, you know, I try to, I think what I'm coming to that I have to stop trying to maybe make things make sense the way I think they should make sense and just wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the the whole headcanon thing becomes into play when you have things like this. Um, And I'm very much trying to roll with it as much as possible. Uh, So let's kind of, let's maybe see uh, with what's going to happen. But I think one thing that is, is clear is that from this Vanity Fair article, as well as that one line, which has caused obviously a 20 minute debate amongst us, um, is the actual pictures from from the set. You know, um, we see a variety of different pictures of quite a few different things. And the one thing that got my attention was there's a pictures of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. Um, which I, I must admit, when I saw this, I was very excited because. I was quite interested to see where the Knights of Ren went after The Force Awakens, and obviously it didn't get utilised in The Last Jedi. We know that um, Ryan Johnson said he didn't have enough time uh, to use them, whatever that means. Um, But nevertheless, we can see that they are going to clearly be used in The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, yeah, for me, that's that's super exciting. Um, Did it prompt any thoughts in your head, Ali? I mean, you've you've, you've seen the article, obviously, in the pictures and that. Yeah. Right, it's the Knights of Ren. That's that, that's got to be a big deal, right? Yes and no. Go on. So, so, so y- yes, but perhaps for different reasons. And this this might be my own 
headcanon in ignorance. I always thought they were going to be Force-sensitive individuals who came out of the Skywalker Academy. But judging by this photo, doesn't look like any of them are using lightsabers. Yeah. They're using much more conventional weapons. They've got blades on these. Yeah. This is not this is not the weapons of trained force users for sure for what from what we've known before with Jedi Inquisitors Sith okay. you name it so so perhaps the Knights of Ren is a more established thing than we realized previously and perhaps his name is Kylo Ren because these Knights of Ren have existed for a long time and he's in charge of them as opposed to how I had perceived it before which was that they were from the academy yeah. and they after him being called Kylo Ren by Snoke, which is quite a mindset change, actually. So, like, yes, in terms of looks really cool, love the costumes, love the detail, and yes, incredibly surprised, but no, because I was really hoping they were force sensitive individuals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, after we saw them in that flashback sequence where. Uh, from The Force Awakens where they're all kind of standing around. The interesting thing for me is that Kylo, even then, Kylo Ren's the only one holding a lightsaber. Yeah, true. Uh, um, but even when you think about it, the lightsaber that he uses, I don't want to... It's not a proper lightsaber. Broken. The, it's broken. We we hear the crackling of the blade when it ignites. Um, I love the theming of it, by the way, with the cross handle. But there's something fundamentally wrong, whether that's the, the, the construction of the saber or the kyber crystal that he's using is, 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 is broken or, or whatever. It's the kyber um, crystal, isn't it? That's what the comic said. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's... There's something Ezra picked up one that looked the same in Rebels, so it is an old design. Yeah, yeah, we've seen the cross the, the cross saber, uh, as, as it's kind of called um, previously, and way back for... Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that. So it's clearly a, le- a legacy hilt, um, not used often, very much like the lightsaber whip that's, that, that we've seen in kind of, I think it's now Legends, actually, um, some of the comics where it's a lightsaber that's in the shape of a whip, um, okay. which I found to be really cool, like Indiana Jones, but lightsaber. Okay. Um, you know, the, and the, the thing that caught my attention from this, from this picture in particular was in Draven Voss's layer in Solo, I heard this. There's on the wall. There's a, a weapon that is exactly the same as what one of these is holding from this particular picture. Now that could be just a massive coincidence, and that it's like a sword, right? Oh look, there's a sword. I'm holding a sword. Oh look, there's a sword in the museum. It could literally just be coincidental, but kind of experiences told me that nothing is coincidental with Star Wars. Um, is it Drayden Voss, somebody who used to work for him? Is it something along those lines? Is it Kira? You know, who who knows where this is going to go? Um, is, you know, where is Darth Maul part of Knights of Ren? You know, or did he, a legacy kind of part of it? Um, we know he set up various different, the crime syndicate, and we know obviously he didn't make it past um, that particular episode in Rebels. Mm. But, you know, there's, there's got to be a link somewhere uh, to that, which, which again, excites me the way things kind of come back um, circular within Star Wars and, and things like that. And the other thing that caught my attention was there's a picture of um, a new character 
uh, Zori Bliss uh, is the name, who is Kerry Russell. Yeah. And her, the thing that stood out to me the moment I saw this picture was how reminiscent it is of Solo. Yeah. Again, when you look at, there's the, again, with the, the whole Dryden Voss ship where he's hosting the guests and stuff where uh, Han and um, Beckett go when they make a boo-boo with the um, coaxium. Um, the, the styling, the look, the feel is very much on par with, with Solo, um, yeah. which, which is good for me because JJ's already said that he plans to bring everything kind of together. And if the theming and the styling is the same, I mean, that's got to be a good thing, right? Or am I being really optimistic about it just because just it's a picture? <laughs> I'm trying to leave this for Mera to answer because you're missing out on the next styling, aren't you? Which I knew it. I knew there was a reason why I did not like the photo of Lando or the clip of Lando in the trailer, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. But now I know exactly what it is. I, I, you, you know where I'm going, don't you? I know exactly where you're going with that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who wears the yellow shirt better? Uh, <laughs> Captain oh, Kirk wears it much better, doesn't he? Captain. Uh, it is a rip-off of Star Trek. I knew it. The second I saw it, I thought, I don't like this for some reason. I don't like it. And now I know what it is. It's the it, it's the yellow top from Star Trek. He's Captain Lando. <sighs> it's the exact same, Alex. Look at it. That isn't where I was going with that particular shirt that he's wearing. I'm saying because that's exactly what... Um... Lando wore in Solo. I know, but it looks new in that one. This one looks awful. This one looks as bad as the Star Trek original series. Which well, they... he's, prob- well, he's probably had that shirt for about 50 years if he's still wearing it. I know, but but can you not now? Look at that picture again and you yeah, can the, see Shatner, right? The, ye- the yellow isn't as shiny as it is in Solo. With um... It's Shatner. Yeah. It's Star Trek. <laughs> he's wearing a Shatner tribute. <sighs> Is he cosplaying as Shatner? He certainly is. So <laughs> you're absolutely right about this styling. It's spot on if you like Star Trek, which I do. Well done. No, the styling is brilliant because <laughs> it matches Solo, which is Donald Glover wearing that particular shirt. There you go. It's William Shatner. <sighs> Unbelievable. Although it was a little bit baggier on um, Donald Glover, got to say. Was, was, but you know, but it, it looks a bit more. It does look a bit more Star Trek on him than it did on Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because it was newer. Clearly, it was a new cut, whereas this is like fifty years old. So therefore, it's going to be looking a bit shabby after fifty years. But for those who wanted to know what a Star Trek uniform looked like in the Millennium Falcon, we now know. <laughs> uh, you you make podcasting really hard when you go on about Star Trek. You know that, right? But, but but come on, when you're talking about styling from Solo, the more you think about that one point, they got that wrong, didn't they? Um, what, the yellow that, top for Lando? Yeah, they got it wrong. They got it wrong. It's too close to Star Trek to, to be done. It just is. I just wondered why they were repeating what was in Solo. I, that doesn't bother me at all. I can I can see what Disney are trying to do and give it more authenticity by, by including it. I, I don't have a problem with it. I just I'm being a bit facetious in a way, but it, it is. You're shocking. being contrary, funnily enough. No, no, I'm not being contrary because it actually <laughs> does look like Shatner's uniform. It does look like a Star Wars yellow, sh- sorry, Star Trek yellow shirt. It just does. There's no there's no way around it. It's even got piping. <laughs> 
Look at it again, Alex. Come on, put Shatner's face on there. I'm looking at it. I've got the article up on my phone. Me too. And all you can see now is Star Trek. Well, I can now you've said it. but Exactly. So prior anyway, to, sorry. prior to that, it was a call back to Solo, which is much more appropriate. Um, That's right. Beam him up, Captain Lando. <sighs> but <laughs> moving on from your... Vulcan. Moving on from your second Star Trek divergence in this, uh, in this, is that, that sounds like the name of a film actually, Star Trek Divergence. Um, probably will be. It probably will be one day, yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing that kind of caught my eye, there was another couple of pictures were um, Kylo Ren and Ray having a lightsaber battle. Are they? Well, they're standing there, she and they look like they're both swinging. But do that. But look at Ray's positioning. I've been staring at this photo during this. She's not looking at him. She's looking forward to the camera. And he's looking at her with his lightsaber pointed towards the camera. I think this is a huge misdirection. Is that Palpatine? They're fighting. Do you see what I mean, Alex? If you look at the way the water is and that. Because I have been, I've been looking at this quite a bit during this episode. Because it's the one which I was kind of really interested in. Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, the shadows of, of, well, the rain around the lightsaber and around them. I think he's looking at her having deflected something. They're not in a position where they're going to strike each other. So, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that, well, the, the, underneath it, it well, says... standing on. Well... Death Star. That's what I that's reckon. That's what I think it is as well. Oh, the top of the, oh, it's the top of the Falcon, one or two. I think it's the Death Star because of the water element. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you can see like the waves kind of crashing behind, can't you? Yeah. yeah, I think it's. I mean, I think they're fighting someone on the Death Star. Yeah, fighting each other. Because yeah, it says Kylo Ren and Rey battle it out with lightsabers in a stormy confrontation. Their false connection with driver, which driver calls me maybe Bond, will turn out to run even deeper than previously revealed. Yeah. So, hey, maybe or maybe this is a another false time <laughs> episode where she's somewhere else, he's somewhere else, but they kind of come together in a false meld um, and therefore something happens to that which makes them want to battle. I don't know. Maybe we're all, It's all supposition anyway, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then I suppose the, the other final one for me that really caught my eye was the picture of Hux. What? Um, yeah, no, the reason why it caught my eye wasn't the actual picture itself. It's just that when you look at what um, Richard E. Grant, there was a lot of rumours flying around when he first got signed up to be um, part of the Star Wars kind of world. Some people were thinking, oh, he'll be like the voice of a um, like a CGI character or a voice of a of a live action character, um, some people were worried or excited about, depending on your point of view, that he would be playing Thrawn. Um, he's got that kind of demeanour. You just stick some blue paint and red eyes on him, and he could he could potentially be him. Yet the picture shows that he is a humanoid of some description, um, and the description in the picture is that he's elegant, general pride. Which, ah, yeah. I was, yeah, that. Um, I was a bit like, I, I felt quite disappointed. Yeah. 
No, don't be disappointed. They're going to explain where he's been the last two episodes. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's on one of the starships that should have gone in front of um, <laughs> the Resistance in The Last Jedi to make the film a hell of a lot shorter. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but they're, 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 they're the ones that kind of caught my eye. Um, Ali, did anything, any of the other pictures kind of catch your eye? Um, the lack of Matt Smith, which we've gone into before, really caught yeah. my eye. Mm. Um, still think he's around there. I don't. Um, I think you have to talk about Luke and R2-D2. I think it's hard not to talk about that. I mean, to me, that's the biggest one out of the lot of them. The fact that he doesn't look like a Force ghost at all there. The fact yeah. that his coat is clearly moving with the wind. You can see his right hand is clearly burnt or maybe in a glove but um the fire raging in the background it's also quite interesting because it's you know one of the things about this whole trilogy is where's r2 been because he's sort of been i know why he's been absent but he's just not been in it has he and in this film it looks like because you can see um c3po and uh bb8 look like they formed some sort of bond because they're in a photo together and they appear to be in other photos so um i found it quite interesting that this is the only one of r2 who we know is still around and so oh, are we assuming that luke didn't die or perhaps luke never was on um Arc 2 at all. He was force projecting there as well. Is that why he was cut off from the force? Because he wasn't there? Has he been somewhere completely different the whole time? Is this going to be the final collision between him and Palpatine? Because they didn't really have one in the original trilogy. It was Anakin and Palpatine. Is this is this the big, big payoff? That picture raises all of those questions to me. See, yeah, uh, yeah yes and no for me. There's there's something about this picture that just makes me think it's a flashback. It's when we saw Luke's um, base for the for the Jedi Order that he tried to start get destroyed. It was there was flames all around him. He was dressed very similarly. We know that R2D2 was with him. I I'm thinking this is just a flashback to then again, like the way they used it in the Last Jedi. Can I can I ask you actually? Sorry, Alex, just just to interrupt. I know I've done that quite a bit. You've got the picture open. Have you got the picture in front of you, Mera? Of Luke and uh, R2. Yeah. Yeah. In the bottom right hand corner, can you see a pair of eyes okay. next to R2? In the fire. Oh, it kind of looks like it. And then underneath it, you see like a, a sort of alien figure with an eye in it with teeth at the bottom. Or glowing nails. Or claws or something, yeah. yeah. But that, that looks like eyes in that fire, which I'd not noticed before. And mm. almost like a black helmet if you look to the right-hand side. Huh. Have you, can you see it, Alex? <laughs> No. Oh. Bottom my... right hand corner. See the V. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See the little nails. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. And above it, okay. there's two eyes, and there's like a little black bit, which could be like a Darth Vader helmet. Well, what about on the right side? I was looking on the right side, but by R2. That's what I'm looking at. Oh, sorry. On the left side, yeah. I see like 
in the corner. I don't know if it's an imagery, but there's kind of like a glowing eye with people on horseback. <laughs> I see what you mean, above it. Sorry, I, I had not looked yeah. at that detail on this photo before. Yeah. But that that's eyes, isn't it? I'm not imagining that's that. That's interesting. That's interesting. Like it. Uh. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. It's just because it, I noticed it for the first time there, and I can't stop seeing it now. Yeah, no, I see what you mean now. Yeah. It's hard to look at anything but R2, honestly, but. <laughs> Mary gets distracted by the, the beeps and the boops uh, by <laughs> Mr. R2. He looks marvelous, does he not? That's interesting. You know, because obviously, fire, that's how his, well, that's how Darth Vader was burnt at the end. Very true, very true. Well, I saying that when I zoom into that picture, the one that's above the VF looks like Ultron from Marvel. But <laughs> I'm gonna assume it's not him. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No. 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 no that's all good. Mera, was there any of the pictures apart from R2? <laughs> Obviously. Um, any Any of those pictures that took your fancy or kind of got the mind racing a little bit? Well, I mean, of course, the emotional factor is John Williams conducting the. The orchestra with uh, Carrie in the background, it's just, you know, that unused footage and how they're going mm. to incorporate that. It's, uh, I kind of get goosebumps just looking at it. I, oh, gosh, uh, I miss her. I think that it's, um, I hope that everything that they had really fits in because I don't know what she's doing when she looks regal and yet, I don't know. I really like that one <laughs> a lot. Um yeah, as far as the others, I mean, we see some aliens and we see some backdrops of, I mean, the weird horses with uh, the new gal with Finn. Uh, is that part of, you know, a new faction they've gone to get help from? Or, uh, you know, it looks pretty interesting. She looks pretty tough and pretty, uh, like, she get the job done. But I'm not too keen on the new little droid. So yeah. I don't know what he is. The one wheel guy. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly who you mean. But again, you know, I wish Lando wasn't wearing the same outfit as he did when he first met. So, um, uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, it looks fabulous as far as detail is concerned. Uh, yeah. AJ looks like he's really. Uh, I can't help think that the covers of Kylo Ren and Ray, especially Kylo, they're reminiscent of something Renaissance. But it's interesting. I, I can't wait. There's a lot of speculation, but um, yeah. There you go. It's all fabulous, but R2 and Luke is probably my favorite. No contest. <laughs> so, you, just one question, because obviously there's a lot of C3PO on here. Do you remember that original leaked poster? And I think you'll probably know where I'm going to go with this, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Is is it had him with Chewie's crossbow. Yeah. And there's huge rumours, isn't there, about the fact spoilers, if anyone doesn't want to hear it, turn off for the next twenty seconds. That that C three PO is gonna have his mind erased in, during this film. Yeah. And be a weapon. And I'm looking at some of these photos and the the fact that he's so prominent in them makes me think that might well be true. Yeah, there's there's a rumor going around that it gets taken out and put into 
somewhere oh. else. It won't won't surprise me. He gets put in the Millennium Falcon. You know, we already <laughs> saw that with um, <laughs> the droid from Solo, whose name I completely forgot. L three. Um, you know, stick three PO in there as well, and you know, it's got six million forms of communication, let alone what L three knows. Um, but I, I'm, for me, not entirely convinced. I don't know. There just seems to be three PO is a certain character of a certain demeanor of a certain way of working. Yeah. Fundamental, but then again, they fundamentally changed Luke Skywalker in the last year. So why not? <laughs> well, I remember hearing about. Luke Skywalker not being in the um, the Force Awakens until right at the end, about this time before it came out. Yeah, and it just seems like the way that that was that that image came out of somewhere. It's hot and and it's just it just seems a little bit too much like the droids are back in this mm-hmm. in a way we haven't really seen. So obviously they wanted to. BB-8 to be a bit more prominent in the first two. Yeah, true. So, for understandable reasons. Um, I just I just think it's quite a lot of interesting. But the thing is, is, you know, like when you say about the Knights of Ren and the and the sword, to me, that would take some explaining. And I know Star Wars is multimedia all over the place these days. But I just don't know how, looking at all of these diverse images... How the heck they're going to bring this into one film just through these images? Yeah. It's so like it's just in so many places. Yeah. I mean that goes back to the thought that it's going to be a three-hour movie. You know, um, yeah. it's the only way they're going to incorporate everything that can possibly happen because um, it isn't just putting an end to the sequel trilogy. It's putting an end to nine movies that have spanned over. Four 40 years in our life, but oh, 65, 70 years in the Star Wars universe? At least. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to do something special. Yeah. That's for certain. Well, and JJ knows this too. I mean, he's got, I do not envy that man. I do not envy that man. He's going to earn his salary if he gets it right. That's that's for certain. You know, I mean, he's he's... There's going to be somebody that's not going to like it, but and that's fine because that's the way life is. But there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to do, and I kudos for him for even you know, like saying, "Okay, I'll do it." <laughs> but to put it in context as well, the last director who was allowed from start pre-production to finishing the film to direct a Star Wars film was J.J. Abrams. No, no, sorry, Ryan Johnson as well. But the last two after that. They've been done. Colin Trillo was booted off of this. They rewrote yeah. the story. So it's it's a miracle in time frame as well. This isn't his film. Yeah. Like, well, he, to begin with, it wasn't. Yeah. He, he got it back, which means it's even more of a miracle if he manages to tie it all up. But unless he had a plan to start with, which he may have. Yeah. It'd be interesting to find out what the original movie looked like before JJ got his hand on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really would. <laughs> it's like it's like the um, it's like the Snyder cut of Justice League. Everybody wants to know what it was, so compared to what was then released, and it'd be interesting to see what the same is for this as well. Massive T Rex comes out and saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, and then, and then Blue pops up in the bottom right hand corner. 
Exactly. (laughs) We're going down the path of too many universal franchises for this particular podcast, for my taste. Sorry. Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, you know, we'll be talking about Men in Black next. Um, Why not that? Well, Men in Black podcast. I've not seen any Men in Black, but anyway. Is it out? We gone now. Yeah, it's out now. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to go see that. Well, it's got Thor and Valkyrie in it, which is quite interesting, but anyway. It was filmed quite a lot in London, wasn't it? So. Mm, yeah, yeah, Men in Black International. Yep, looking forward to it. But anyway, I think that's a good way to wrap up this week's podcast. Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. It's been an hour and 40. We've, we've filled that time frame quite well. Yeah. Well done. Well done, only 40 minutes over. We really have, but um, oh guys... God. Keep it short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's keep it short. Yeah, we like you said on the when we when we met up live in London. You know, uh, keeping it short never happens <laughs> no. at all. Um, but with that in mind, guys, uh, I'm going to ask you for your final thoughts uh, from today's podcast. Mera, starting with you, final thoughts for today's episode. Oh well, it's we talked about so much. I mean, it's um, uh, I don't really honestly know what I can add other than what we've just said but i am uh oh gosh don't i just love star wars the fact that we can come together and we're doing this and we're talking about it and and all these things that are happening from galaxy's edge to this movie and tv shows i i feel like we're just in a i feel like i'm kind of in a dream but Honestly, we the only problem that I really have with it is that there's just not enough R2 in these new movies. And I think there needs to be more. Uh, but that's just my little sidebar. But, um, yeah, I, I hope to get to Galaxy's Edge at some point in my life. So I'll have to live vicariously through you two. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just great. It, it's exciting times for me. And it's hopeful. Especially sometimes the times are tough. It's ironic. It's full circle that this next movie is coming out on another difficult year for me. And I mean, it's only June, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know, Star Wars has always had an emotional thing for me, as I've said before. So very excited and hopeful. Cool. Mr. Clark, final thoughts from yourself. So as I was saying, I'm really looking forward to Patrick Stewart coming back in the new Picard (laughs) series. Really looking forward to that in the, this is not the Star Trek podcast. What? What? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm joking. Um, I'm not. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, next, next time you go off on a Star Trek rant, I'm going to pass yeah. you the con and go away. Oh, please do. <laughs> perhaps I'll wear. Like perhaps I'll wear my uh, La- uh, Lando mean William Shatner shirt in, in tribute. <laughs> anyway, no. Um, I was just amazed where this episode has gone um mm. don't think it would go in many of the places it has hope it's actually had some thought-provoking ideas that people want to comment and speak to us on twitter about uh, we've been really active on twitter recently with our fact of the day series alex so um there's been lots of interesting stuff going on there recently um and yeah i can't wait to go see galaxy's edge i think i think you have to be very open-minded about Star Wars and, and all the different forms of it. And, you know, that, that it, there's so much coming out at the minute that it's almost hard to keep on top of it, which is in many ways is a good thing. Um, but I am, I am 
excited, really excited for November and, and what I'm going to see there. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just been it's just been lovely to return to that galaxy far, far away. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, final thoughts from me is yeah, just bring it on. Just keep bringing on the Star Wars. Yeah, know? exactly. I mean, wow. really, I mean, we're in such a great right. Yeah, it, Sorry, it, this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you're spot on, Murray. You know, it's this 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 year in particular is probably the most amount of content that we will ever get for Star Wars in one calendar year. Yeah. You know, we're going to get The Mandalorian. We're going to get Episode Nine. We're going to get The Fallen Jedi, which we haven't even touched on today, but we will come back to in a future episode. Um, we're getting books. We're getting comics. We're getting Galaxy's Edge. You know, there is so much Star Resistance Season Two. There is so uh, the, the Clone Wars, the Return of Clone Wars. You know, yeah. there's so much Star Wars this year. Um, it's amazing that I can keep up. Well, I can't. <laughs> you know, my comic book reading has slipped immensely, let alone my reading of the novels. Um, you know, and I think if it keeps on coming, we're just going to keep on drinking it in. Um, either way. Uh, so for me, my thought of the final thought is bring on the Star Wars, man. Just bring on the Star Wars. Oh. And with is that it, in mind. Is it on. live long and prosper? <laughs> I've got a bad feeling about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with that in mind, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, you can find us uh, pretty much everywhere these days. We are www.z-jedi-council.com. Find us on Twitter. We are at the Jedi underscore council. We're on Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore council underscore TJC on Facebook. You can find us. We are at no, not on Facebook. We are the TJC underscore Jedi underscore council. I think that's right. Uh, But it's not just type in the Jedi council on Facebook and you'll find us like us, follow us, friend us. Um, You can find all of our podcasts on soundcloud you can find our podcast on spotify you can find them on player.fm you can find them on podbean there are so many places you can find that and you can also find the podcast on our website as well so like subscribe give us a five star rating on all the above including itunes as well uh and remember may the force be with you remember the force will be with you always do you follow um poco de portuguese too son